Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Top Bins with Twins. It's the end, Luke. Dun, dun, dun. But we're happy. It's the end. We made it. We've made it through our first FPL season. And this episode is going to be our overall FPL season review for the 2023 season. So, Paul, do you want to kind of talk about what your overall rank was and let the people know how you finished out the FPL season? Yeah, let's just go into it. So this last game week, game week 38, my overall rank of the week was 1.1 million, which overall, not awful, not the best, but kind of is what it was. Um, And I ended up with the overall rank of 2.4 million in the world, which I am entirely not happy with. And it's something that has kept me up every night since the last game of the Premier League has been played. I believe I that one. I haven't slept at all. It's been tearing me apart. You, you should look but into taking some melatonin. It might help you sleep at night. At this point, I mean, I'm just seeing Harry Kane on the wall right now. He's just running <laughs> around my head. That 38-pointer. No, yeah, but um, he this season has been a... We'll, we'll kind of dive deeper on it later in the podcast, but it's been a really good learning experience for both of us. And seeing the number 2.4 really motivates me for next year and also in our mini league there's so many things that can be fixed the next year is going to be a lot of fun I'm, I'm excited for it Luke already that's great I love to hear that um you know kind of let the fire slowly build over the summer yeah. and yeah, then yeah. you know you don't you don't want to burn out too fast no um I need sleep too Sleep would help. Sleep would definitely <laughs> help, yeah. You know, maybe here in the next couple of days, you'll be able to get maybe just a couple hours a night, and then you can build here in there. the... Back whenever the season's about to start, you might be up to like seven or eight hours a night. That would be incredible. That's a lot for me. I don't know. I couldn't function as a normal human sleeping seven or eight hours a night. Are you saying you're a normal human? I don't... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I slept that normal amount, then we'd have problems. That would be really strange. You would be acting out of character at that point. Um, okay. All right. Go ahead, Luke. What, so, um, what was your last week look like? My last week, not all that great. Um, I made four transfers, so I took a negative 12. Retroactively looking back on the week, I should have free hit in the final week. That double game week 37 mm-hmm. was really difficult, hard to predict who was going to play. Ultimately, honestly, the biggest part of that was Arsenal losing in game week 36. Yeah. And with that happening, City did not have to play anyone in 37, and that just utterly destroyed my team. Yeah. So that that was not fun. It's a so, difficult thing to plan for, yeah. though, you know. And then that feeds into game week 38. So I took, like I said, I had four transfers, took a negative 12, ended up on 50 points. But with the, neg- with the negative 12, I really had 38 points for the week. Um, a couple of good transfers, honestly. I brought in Decore. Firmino and Iheanacho, and all of them returned. Firmino was great. That was that was a great shot there. It was, but all of them honestly, w- my best move would have been to bring in Decore, Firmino, and then um, Kane. Yeah, Kane didn't was do that. Kane was a miss, but that's okay. You didn't. I w- I was fearful of lo- losing out on Salah, so um, that and Son. I just wanted a differential, and it didn't pan out. Oh well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I end up on an overall rank of one point six million. Um, closer to the 1.5 than 1.7. So, you know, I'm I'm okay with it. It wasn't the best result for me. I, I think that we'll kind of dive into this a little bit when we have some kind of takeaways from our season. Yeah. But I think I can just become a lot more consistent um, and yeah. build that team in the beginning that allows me to, you know, kind of put myself in a good position to start out the season. 
I would agree with you, Luke. Yeah. So there's some pain, but there's also growth, right? Yeah. I, I agree. You know, there's the suffering's necessary. lots to learn from. Um, and Paul, do we want to kind of just dive into some of the things we learned from this season? Yeah, let's just do it. Okay. Um, do you want to go first and I'll go after you? Yeah. Um, I think number one on my list is making decisions based on stats and the eye test. Okay. Instead mm-hmm. of making decisions on what I personally view from a player or or a team they play for. I think that's a big thing. Just disengaging from the emotion of attachments to players. Right. I think that's that's a good shout, right? Because I think there are a couple of times where I know both of us had Brendan Aronson in our teams at the beginning of the season. Which, honestly, that I'm fine with. Like, that that one does not bother me at all. Okay, the, right. The there's, instance, there's that. So I think Aronson actually was a good, like, differential early on in the year. Because, I mean, look at it. He almost had two or three goals and he probably should have had four or five assists that he didn't get in the beginning of the season. Agreed. And Leeds has a different year. Like if, if they convert those chances and they stay up, everything's fine. But the, the point I was bringing up is what comes to mind for me is Marcus Rashford. Right. That's somebody right. that I avoided just cause you know, where I'm anti United, but I mean, Rashford, that tear he went on about like probably three fifths of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Like, that that was a lot of points to miss out on something for a low, like, honestly, like a low, somewhat low-budget player that should have been in our teams. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Rashford was a big blind spot for both of us. Something to learn from. That's um, I mean, that's how Jerry, like, in our mini-league, that's how he created distance, was honestly, because of Rashford. Rashford, triple-captaining him in, what was that, game week, mm-hmm. like, s- 18 or 19 something like that, like that. With I, don't, I don't remember what week it was but um, that's um, that that certainly did really hurt you know? it's part of it though you know like i said this like this whole year has kind of been like a little beta test so next year we'll be wearing ready to go what's your what's your number one takeaway luke um i kind of want to build off that point you were just making a okay. little bit before i dive into mine i think something that i've learned from this season is acting defensively with your team Right. So whenever people in your league or if there's a extremely highly owned player like Rashford or how he turned into a highly owned player, sometimes getting on that bandwagon is not acting offensively, but defensively. That allows like say we had Rashford for the week that Jerry triple captain him. Even if we just had him in our team, that would have made a huge difference. Right. Mm -hmm. That cuts into his potency of triple captaining. So I think kind of operating with that mindset a little more going forward would be good. Um, Agreed. But kind of building back onto my first takeaway for myself, I think the best thing that I can do is going into this next season is have a set process for how I decide who's coming into my team. Um, whether that – and I, th- I think what that needs to be is, you know, watching the matches obviously – but then actually looking at the underlying data. And I, I have been doing that, but doing it in more of a consistent manner where I have sort of almost like a methodology to what I do every week. So what, um, how would you go about that? What, like, so let's say you're looking for a forward, just for listeners out there that wouldn't know this question, um, okay. what would you look for? Okay, so I'll, I'll share what I'm thinking in my mind. Um, there is a website called Understat. And what this website does is track underlying data from teams and players in the Premier League. And they also do all top five leagues. Um, But on their website, you can um, look specifically at the underlying data from one game week or 
the last two game weeks or the, and the, honestly, I think looking at, you know, cumulatively, okay, this player performed really well this week. Is he outperforming his XG? Is he underperforming? Um, which, which way does it look like he's going? Is he building momentum? Is yeah. he, you know, is this player per se like catching fire? Um, so kind of really looking at those underlying numbers from understat is going to be a big part of what I do next season. Yeah. And then I think also, um, the eye test is going to be a big part of that as well. So having, like I said, initially eye test and then secondly, looking at those underlying numbers after that. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a good methodology. I think, um, it just depends on how you want to play the game. You know, for some listeners out there, maybe they want to. Honestly, I think we're a good way to look at this, Luke. Like, you're a lot more numbers-driven. I'm more, like, eye test and just kind of, like, reading things myself, which, I mean, I do look at some stats. I, look, I dive into that occasionally. But I, I think a lot of um, – it's just it's just how you want to play the game, you know? It is, and that's the best thing about it is everyone out there can play their own specific way. And it, honestly, it would be kind of nice to see FPL create a way – for people to be a little bit more different in their teams because that really hurt you and I we did not copy the template team yeah. from that World Cup wildcard that a lot of people use. And because of that, really, really hurt our overall ranks. Like, I know I, I had a bombing in my wildcard team from the World that Cup. W- that was not the best decision there, That was there, a dude. terrible decision. I just, retroactively, it, it was horrible. Yeah, but I was trying to be different, and I just didn't think that you know it makes more sense to maybe incorporate a little more of the template, and then I can try to go differential in one or two spots. Mm-hmm. I I one hundred percent agree. Um, do you want me to bounce yeah, off? Yeah, go ahead. Let's idea? let's go to your second takeaway. Okay, I, another probably my next yeah the biggest my second takeaway would be the captaincy chip. There's so many times this year. I have tried to gamble with a captain seed chip. I have tried to play a differential with a captain seed chip instead of just taking what I know is going to be consistent points. Right. Yeah. And that that's something that sounds so understated, but if you look at it over 38 weeks, if you just left a captaincy on Holland or Harry Kane over the whole whole journey of FPL this year, you would have made a lot more points than bouncing around. Agreed. And that, I mean, it's something we've talked about as well. I think next season, what we might try to do between Paul and I, and then maybe get some other people involved in this as well, if they're interested, but we're going to just draft teams and leave them on, you know, secondary accounts that we make and just see how those teams compete compared to the ones that we're changing, you know, week in, week out. You know how demoralizing that's going to be, Luke, if, (laughs) if we create a team. But the good thing is that it's still you picking the team. Yeah, right? yeah, you no, know? no, I know, so. but like, just like making a judgment from the very like leading up to the first week of the season, and then analyzing data, looking at stuff as the season goes on, and putting in all the time and effort, and then if that equates to not putting in that effort, if you if that first team does better, the one that just said that's going to mm-hmm. be a little demoralizing. It yeah, it definitely is, but. And that's but, why we play the game. Yeah, you know, it, it, like we said, it's a learning experience. You keep getting better as you go on. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we, this is our first full season playing FPL. Um, I think there's certain areas we want to target to improve on, like we're saying. But I think the question I want to ask you, Paul, is do you have a target overall rank you would like to accomplish next season? Um, I would love, I, I think, yeah, top 500K. 
Okay, I think honestly that's what I was thinking in my head as well. Top five hundred. So that there. that's a good goal for both of us to have. Realistically, I mean, mm-hmm. I was one point six. You were two point four. Yeah, and I mean, like like I said, I mean, I don't think I even really grasped the whole idea of FPL until probably like week three or four, and then you're already so far behind, you know. So yeah, yeah, I've got honestly too many weeks that I was below the average, and this is kind of my second point I wanted to make that. I felt like I underperformed too often with a few really nice overperformances. Yeah. And those underperformances just disregarded any overperformance I had. So I think it's more so being able to stay at the average on weeks that I perform poorly. And then those weeks where I really do like put out a good team, that'll make a big difference to my overall rank. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly... I feel like next season is going to be really difficult making teams because I think a lot of pe- players are going to be priced extremely, extremely expensively compared to what they were this season. Yeah, we're um, we're going to have a pod later on where we'll discuss later in the summer where I think we'll kind of discuss like potential price points, where assets will be, and we're, we can just go and say it now. Holland's going to be crazy expensive, which he should be because, I mean, as everybody knows, this whole year it was just perma captain Holland. If he's playing, if City's in form, if you think he's going to be there, he's he was everybody's captain, especially for like early in the season when he first started scoring goals. Like, right, right. And that that to me it reduces some of the fun in the game. You know, we want to have um, creativity and the ability to captain whoever. Like, th- we want options, and there's just not any. I feel like one way to address that from a like rules perspective would be to not allow someone to captain the same player two weeks in a row or maybe only three out of five weeks in a span of five week game weeks. That would be really you hard. No, something like that where it's like you have to be a little bit different outside the template. Um, it would be it, honestly that would require managers to really plan out who they're going to captain each or week in their transfers ahead of time. Possible idea is like tiers of captaincy where let's say if Hall and anybody above 10 above 10 million they get half points doubled you know what i mean instead of actually just doubling points so they, instead of double it'll be one and a half points for yeah one point. and a half points and then anybody below is double that's an interesting idea like an idea like that just yeah. to just to like give us a little more to the game than just Perma Captain Holland, which I didn't do. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of like the idea as well as having a vice captain offer some kind of points. I think that that, that would honestly, that would be a way to create a differential, right? If you say you give people 1.5 points, then that allows everyone to be extremely different in that vice captain mm-hmm. as opposed to just captaining Holland the whole time because everyone still would captain Holland, but that vice captain would be... Yeah, then you have another one. That's your differential right there. What, if, basically, that's, what if that's just Sala, though, you know? Ba- I mean, honestly, that solves the issue of captaining because everyone's going to permanently captain Holland. Then that vice captain is the question mark. Yeah. I don't know. Something to think about. Uh, but... With those price rises in mind, I think it's going to be very difficult for us to build teams going into the next season. Eh, I don't know. If, I, don't, but okay, I don't know just, if I really... I don't think I agree with you. Right, okay, okay. Look at this, though. Look at this. In everyone's teams, they almost had at least two or three Arsenal like attackers, right? 
I think those Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, all of them are going to see massive price rises. It's going to be a lot more difficult to get them in teams. Um, if you look at Brighton assets, I think Matoma, Marsh, even Ferguson, what all those guys, right, on Brighton, I think they're going to be priced a lot higher. Um, if you look at City, Holland's going to be priced more at a higher value. KDB probably lower. I, do you think they'll drop Salah's price? No, he'll probably honestly so? he'll probably just, he, he may drop he'll, he'll actually he'll probably drop a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. All right, let's let's not turn this into it. We can we can do a different podcast about prices. The I think the point though is Luke is that with with next year I think we're gonna see there's gonna be more options across the board though. I think you're gonna see people like like I think Chelsea's attack is gonna be a lot better next year. I think Tottenham probably under a different manager they'll probably have. More, Probably see more goals. Brentford, actually, Brentford's probably going to fall off <laughs> with Tony, um, unless they get a good transfer in. Who knows? Um, Villa probably will still be a good option. Brighton, as long as they keep Deserby, they'll be good. Liverpool is probably going to score more more goals next year. United probably will. I mean, I, I think we're going to just see a scattering of goals. You know, instead of a yeah. instead of just like I agree, one percent holding all the wealth. You know. Waiting for all these transfers to happen over the summer is extremely exciting because with each move, you can see teams, you know, putting players in new positions where they become a more viable FPL asset. So I'm very excited. You know, once we kind of get into that, those last couple of weeks of the summer where we have a solid idea of where everyone's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun to be throwing out some teams that we want to play around with that we mm-hmm. think look good and kind of monitoring those um, preseason matches as well. And the team that I think is going to be really excited as of now, you know, this is going to change depending on transfers and everything. I think Chelsea's a really interesting asset to look at. Yeah. Right. Especially with Potch being the manager and the yeah the setup he's going to play. We I we I know who you're going to talk about. Yeah, and Cuckoo is a great asset, I think. Um, check out the with, Twitter. With them, yes, check out the Twitter, at, at Top End Twins on Twitter. But Pochettino usually prefers a 4-2-3-1. Um, he's, I think they're going to need to bring in a new striker with Nkuku playing um, in that kind of central attacking midfield position. I think he's going to thrive. He's He has really great vision. And also just his athleticism and his finishing are so much fun to watch. So Chelsea will hopefully be more entertaining next season. And, you know, it would be preferable if we have, instead of two teams competing for the title, maybe we have three, four, five. That would be, you know, and obviously that's, you know, expecting, you know, around game week 20 or so. That's where you want to see everyone competing. Um, But I would love to see that. You know, it'd be nice to have more than just a two-horse race. Listen, I'm all for the competition, but I'm not for Chelsea being up there in the title chase. No, uh, we don't want know, that. That came on the back of me talking about Chelsea, but I don't see them competing for the title. But I do see teams like Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle, Newcastle um, Brighton, maybe. Oh, good God. That this this podcast would blow up if Bright if Brighton is fighting for the title next year then I'm just going to sell all my belongings and move there and live on the coast. Yeah, please come down and, you know, just uh, it would be incredible. I think that would be amazing for the Premier League. They're going to have to retool a lot if they want to keep the level they've had this year. They if they send With away the Kai people they're Sado going to. McAllister going out, um, and who knows, a couple other might others might happen as well. You know, I just yeah. thought about this, Luke. Um, 
Tyler Adams to Brighton. I mean, he would be a plug-and-play fit. I think he'd fit extremely well in Caicedo's position. I don't think he's quite... I don't. I don't. I think, think, I'm, I not, think I'm not comparing him. I'm not. I'm the not only, saying the that, only the only area, the only area I see him lacking compared to Caicedo is his ball progression. I think like passing, yes, but his ball ball progression through dribbling might not be quite the same. But There's he can grow into that. Yeah, and honestly, he did a lot better this year at Leeds with his ball progression than I thought he would. So. I, I'm just saying, it, I don't think it's a terrible idea if he moves on from anywhere and wants to stay okay, with Brown. another USMNT shout that okay, I just whoa, thought whoa. of. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, no, let's let go to a break, and then we can discuss this farther. <sighs> Fine. No, no, no. We, we totally can, but we can do this in a separate segment. Okay. okay. All right. We'll come back. We'll come back to it. I promise everybody we'll be right back. All right. We are back. I went to the bathroom. I feel good. How do you feel, Luke? Excellent. You feel excellent? I do. Excellent. <laughs> you said that's so weird. Thank you. I feel excellent. Do you not feel excellent? <laughs> I don't know after that. I don't, I'm not on what you're on right now. I don't know. Let me tell you, there is something special in this water I'm drinking. <laughs> Listen, mom, dad, Luke does not do drugs, okay? He really doesn't. It's just water. I it's promise. just water. He's 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 a he's a good boy. It's okay. Our parents don't listen to this podcast. Paul, <laughs> come on. Yeah, you're right. All right. Um. So we are back, and we're going to discuss um kind of teams we want to look at next year, teams we're excited about, and kind of projects that we want to um see where they head to in the next frontier of the next Premier League season. Yeah. So, Paul, do you want to kick us off with your first one that you've come up with? Yes, I do. My number one on my list is Newcastle. Okay. Let's hear about it. Yeah. They um. So this year they had honestly a stellar year for them, which we kind of knew was going to happen when we saw the Saudi money invested. You kind of know where it's going. We know what goes along with the conversation of that. But as a football team, they're they had a great great run of stretch this year where. In the beginning of the season, their defense looked awesome. They looked like a brick wall that teams cannot get past. Kind of faded towards the end of the year, which, I mean, I guess with through injuries, through time, stuff just kind of falls apart. Right. But, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the year, like the last probably, what is it, like maybe 10 to 15 games of the season, they were just scoring goals like crazy. They were. One yeah. of the most fun, like one of the legitimately most fun teams to watch from just like a attacking standpoint. They were, and it was honestly, I think, a lot to do with Alexander Isak developing. Yep. That's who I, highlight, who um, I want to highlight. Do you want to keep going on that thought? Don't let me cut you off. Yeah, no, I just think that Isak is, um, it's really, really cool to see teams, like, in the situation. It's kind of like us as FPL managers, you know, like, you're given a set amount of money, and in FPL terms, Newcastle was given a $500 million budget instead of $100 million, like the rest of us. But, I mean, hey, Isak is going to be awesome for them, injuries notwithstanding. Hopefully nothing happens to him. But, I mean, he, he's so creative on the ball. He's You can play him out as a winger. You can play him up front as a striker. And, like, the interplay he has with other – the other like, the chemistry he's already building from that team is something really awesome to just watch unveloped, you know? It is. It is. I think Newcastle is one of the teams that I highlighted as well. But 
Going back to Newcastle, who knew that digging in the ground could make you so much money? <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, I'm about to start digging in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah, okay. But Newcastle, I think that it'll be really interesting to see what signings they make over the summer. Mm-hmm. I have one of my dream signings going to Me Newcastle I've, that we'll I've, get to Honestly, later. I bet we have the same one, but go ahead. I don't think so. I, this one's kind of off the wall. We'll get to that later. But I'm really intrigued to see who they're bringing in over the summer. I think that... The money that they're going to spend will be used very wisely in areas that they need. Yeah. And I think they need attacking help, right? So from an FPL perspective, it's going to be very, very interesting to see who they're bringing in because that could definitely um, get, a, get a spot in our teams, right? Yeah. Um, so moving on from Newcastle, I think the team... Oh, can I add one more thing? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, of course. Um, an aspect, too, of how they're building their team is... It's been a slow build. It hasn't been, let's spend uh, $200 million in a window where we're going to invest in all these young players and just throw 50 players on a training pitch and see what happens, like Chelsea. They've done a great job of just like adding a person here, adding a person there, picking up players that they know like are going to build a culture within their club. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Me too. But I think there's been a bit of a narrative shift over the past month or two that Eddie Howe's been making in his press conferences. He has gone out and said that the um, the ownership group is ready to spend a lot of money this summer. Yeah. I think, but you know, see, obviously... That's, FF, that's different, though, than Chelsea, where it was just like, yes, we're yes. just throwing money everywhere. Like, now they have a foundation where they can right. go spend that, that money. That makes okay. sense, right? They've built in the proper way. You know, mm-hmm. they have a foundation to go off of. But I think this summer is going to mark them really spending a serious amount of cash, you know, investing yeah. in players. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how that plays out going into the next FPL Agreed. season, how that impacts our teams. Mm-hmm. Next, the team I want to talk about okay. is Aston Villa. Oh, interesting. I didn't. They're not on my list. So the reason I think Villa, right, under Unai Emery, they have been one of the top teams in the league mm-hmm. since December they accrued 43 points, right? That puts them, if if there was a table from um, d- the World Cup break on, Aston Villa would have came in fifth in the table, yeah. which is I mean, just, they ended up crazy. at seventh. Like, Thinking about where they started out at, it, it's mind-blowing, you know, how much of a turnaround he's really, it, what he's done, right? So I'm very excited to see him bring in players that fit his system and see if they're, or any FPL assets out there that will make a difference for us as owners. And the way Villa play, they're fun to watch. Um, I mean, personally, selfishly, I would love to have players from their team within my team for FPL because that yep. means I'm more likely to watch their matches and kind of go through and really enjoy that experience of watching them play. So that's a team I kind of have my eyes on for the next season. Paul, do you have any thoughts about Aston Villa? I mean, I I fully agree. I mean, dude, it's been awesome the run they've been on under and i am like and really a team that i have not got the chance to watch very much like just through different matches we usually watch like it's just not a team that i've concentrated on right so i mean there's a lot that i need to learn about them i couldn't even shout out somebody they should probably bring in in the window or anything like that because i mean i think think, speculatively right you would think a winger right i think christian pulisic could be a great move for them yeah. For him as well, right? He's he, diverse, can play wings through the middle. You know, he's in the right situation. He's great in a counterattacking team. You know, Villa usually do dominate possession, but 
as opposed to a team like Chelsea, where the majority of the time when he's playing, you know, they're playing against teams sitting really deep. He doesn't have space to attack one-on-one. I think with Villa, he would have that space. And I think oh, yeah. in a situation like that, he'd be able to thrive. I'd love for him to play under Emery, continue learning, developing as a player. I think it would be an amazing fit for I haven't seen any rumors about it. It seems like he's going to Italy, most likely. But I would yeah, love that. That's what love that move for be. him. Yeah, so um, in week five, Villa were at 19th in the table. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that's insane. I I was just looking at um. There's a little sound in there. I was looking at there's a graph that the Premier League tweeted out, or like just a little reel. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. all the teams and how they move through the table, it's really cool. Well, I think I shared it to our socials on Instagram, but yeah, it's a really cool visual visualization of that. But Villa, like, yeah, dude, I think Pulisic would would be a great fit there. I do. I think so too. I think the wages um, are probably the biggest problem, but. Yeah, it's a shame those wages are so high. That's really going to limit where he goes. There's, I mean, really, he's probably only going to big name teams out of the Premier League right now. Don't listen to Luke Christian. You deserve Please, that thirteen million. I don't. King. I don't want him to. But you, you deserve that thirteen million. Don't listen. Well, to no, Luke. get the bag. He's going to get thirteen million. That's that's along with what I'm saying. I, I just I'm think just only the big clubs are able to pay those wages. Yeah, honestly, if there were a way, he should. Not that he should. But for his own personal happiness, take a little less money and maybe go somewhere where you actually like really want to be, you know? I Yeah. And He's, I'm not an agent. I'm not in that shit. I don't, I don't understand everything that goes on. But like, I just want him to be able to ball out and have fun, you know? He's been toiling away in the dungeons of Chelsea for far too long. Yeah. It's time for him to come up, get some fresh air. And you know, really enjoy, enjoy life. Yeah, enjoy life, that's, dude. Just, that's what we want for him. You know, enjoy yeah. enjoy your life and enjoy playing the sport that you're so great at. Yeah. All right, Luke. Do you want to hear my second team that I'm excited for? Let's hear it. Go ahead. Liverpool. Ooh. Okay. Why? Um, the system change they put in this year, the three-five-two, where um, Trent was inverting towards the end of the year. Super exciting. The way the football they're playing in that system. Honestly, a lot at the beginning of the year, we, we saw Liverpool season, the highs and lows. Like they had what the 8-0 to, no, 9-0 to Bournemouth. 9-0, yep. 9-0. And then, but that was within the like hurricane of their season. So, I mean, it's kind of just like swept over. But I mean, there's there's something in that team. Like Sala still has it. I mean, what he ended up being, what the highest midfield scoring midfielder this year. He was. Yep. He, and then you have a young Gakpo. I think I really like, from like when I first got in the Premier League, where when Christian Pulisic moved to Chelsea, I kind of followed Chelsea a lot because I wanted to see what he would do and everything. And I grew to like Mason Mount a lot, and so that I feel like Liverpool is the perfect destination for him, where he can kind of like he, I think he fits the identity of that team really well. And I'm telling you, I, I think Chelsea, if they let Mount go, it's going to be one of the one of their biggest regrets. I have a take on this as well. I think Liverpool are picking the wrong attacking mid. I like McAllister a lot. Oh, your McAllister take, yeah. I just think he vastly underperforms his XG. He's in good positions, and he doesn't convert his opportunities. I hope hope that changes in the future, right? I, I wish him all the best. I think that he's an amazing, talented football player, but for goal contributions you know, more precisely goals alone. I don't know if Liverpool are getting what they think they are. Uh, I think, I think they know exactly what they're going to like. I think they may be disappointed in that realm, Luke, about like, 
underperforming XG and all that stats, but like McAllister also does a lot of other things besides right. that. Right, like and that, that's he, why he is he is elite at like moving the ball around, yes. finding finding lanes to like facilitate the offense from a, even from a deeper lying space too. So I I think there's viability what you're saying in the xg realm but like in other ways i think he's going to be a great fit for liverpool I think I, his identity yeah, fits I, liverpool well i too. completely completely agree with that i was just saying specifically for his xg i don't know if he you know performs up to the level that some people would expect him to that's all i'm trying to say okay he's a very well-rounded footballer his stats compared to um other players in his position are extremely well. Like he's in the extremely high percent percentiles Ex- for a lot. They of are extremely well, <laughs> extremely high. I guess. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good. I, I've I've already said like two sentences on this podcast where I'm like, "What the fuck did I just say?" <laughs> Let's go back and find those. <laughs> I'll loop them. Yeah, just make that, that the whole podcast. Me, that would be me a blast. being great at speaking English since it's my first language. We would add so many subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um all right luke so who is the second team right that you want to look at so the second team that i'm really interested to see who they're going to bring in over the summer is fulham oh yes tell the me the reason more. why i'm looking at fulham i think that they can improve on their attacking midfielders right i think someone like um i would love to see someone like mcallister or madison like one of those attacking minded midfielders be at Fulham. Um, and then I also think they can improve on their wingers. William's been really good. Um, honestly, he's had a career renaissance out of nowhere. Yeah. But I think they can improve on their wingers a lot as well. Christian Pulisic. Once again, back on the pot. <laughs> I'm telling you. Or, you know, it's even actually, you know, I thought about this the other day. You know who would be a perfect fit for them? Who? Tim Weah. He does have the pace to get him behind. Yeah. And does. his ability to hit a ball. Dude, he hits the ball as like almost honestly as a ten or a nine, no, like you, honestly okay. as a nine. That that is a great shout. But think about who would be an even better fit. Possibly, he's still a little untested. I think Taylor Booth would be an amazing shout. Imagine the service he would play into Mitrovic. See, the way he I'm, hits I'm the seeing, ball. Dude, I'm seeing a different path here. I'm seeing like Taylor Booth to like Bundesliga. No, like dude, going he, to that. I I think I think for him, like, I'm a full believer in Taylor Booth. Like, I think in the next two years leading to 2026, we're gonna have a lot of discussions and a lot of me and me and Luke's time is gonna be ate up by discussing who's gonna be our starting right winger on the first World Cup game in 2026 because there's a lot of competition for one spot and it's exciting. It is it very is exciting, exciting. Yeah. but I do think that his his career progression would be better served by taking a step up, but not too far up. And I think the Bundesliga or maybe like Serie A would be a good fit for him right now. But you can convince me otherwise if you want. It looks like some of the teams that are looking at Taylor Booth are, it's kind of crazy, but Eric Tim Hag has talked a lot about yeah. Taylor Booth. Yeah, I've heard him like so United. I don't like that. I, I do not I don't like know. that at all. But other teams that are looking at him within the Air Divisie, we have Ajax and then PSV, some of the top clubs in the Netherlands. If he could make a move to one of those sides, that primes him for a move to a top, yeah. top, top five if league If you team. perform at one of those clubs, especially Ajax, oh my God, you are 
You are literally on the pathway to the cities, arsenals, all the big boys of the world, you know? I mean, I all the news, I guess I should say, all the smoke that I was seeing about Taylor Booth United had been a couple months ago, right? And just looking this up, I keep seeing some newer articles saying that United are still keen on bringing him in. Yeah, that, So that's something I would watch. Maybe, that would have to be a situation where he is bought and goes on loan because he's yeah, not he's not going to play right around there's no he's just not i mean yeah he could i mean fly baby eagles fly but like for his career he'd probably need to be loaned out i could almost see if he were to go to united a career progression similar to someone like say connor gallagher where he goes on loan to maybe a lower tier premier league side performs really well and then starts to get time within manchester united but I don't see a lot of growth for him at United. I think I do, there's honestly, a lot of. Like, I kind of do like the Fulham idea, though. Yeah, I, I'm here for it, it. It's very interesting. I don't. Maybe he gets bought by United and then loaned out to Fulham. That would be amazing. And I feel like yeah, I'm, you know, predicting just, the future there. But just for know. everybody out there, this isn't. We are not citing sources here. We are not Chris Broussard. This is pure speculation. This is pure speculation, and us just talking. So. For the aggregators out there, for the blog boys. This is a speculation station. <laughs> God, I hate you. All right, um, do you have anything else you can add to that, Luke? Or? No, I don't. I think I'm ready to move on to some of our dream FPL transfers. Okay. This can is going to be a lot first, of fun. I'm or so do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. You go first. Although I want to, you go first. Number one on my list, Harry Kane to Chelsea. Okay. All right. I like that. I've got a different Kane move that... <laughs> I'm so excited for it, but I'm going to save it for a little bit later. Okay, can I build my case for you? Yes. All right, playing him, obviously there's the connection to Poch. It makes a lot of sense. They know each other. There's familiarity. And him with Nkuku in my brain makes so much sense. Like, it makes so much sense. And then you throw in, and honestly, no disrespect, but the bum Sterling, take him off the pitch. You put probably Havertz on the left with um, I'm just speculating people they're going to have Mudrick maybe on the Mudrick right. on the right or, or I think a lot of flop those or maybe I don't a lot know, of people like Madweke too yeah possibly but I mean that I think they'd be cooking as long as I mean obviously with Chelsea they're gonna have to get a midfield take care of the midfield because you can't it's not going to happen without that but if if Chelsea take care of their stuff in the transfer window and build actually a cohesive team with Harry Kane up top that would be a great FPL asset to own. He would be. He would, if he went to Chelsea or even United, that's kind of linked. He would be almost as expensive, if not more expensive than Holland. I think. Dude, he maybe honestly think about it. He like the amount of returns he got this year. Yeah, with, with the, and with shit the Spurs, Spurs like it's like, insane. Yeah, if if he gets in a team that is honestly on the front foot, imagine the chances. Good God, and he's so clinical, like. Dude, he could honestly, hot take here. He could outscore Hall in next year in FPL. I mean, he almost did this year. Yeah, which is and look stupid. at how many goals Holland had. You know, mm-hmm. so that I I would love that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, him playing for Pochettino again, and you have that kind of reconnection story as well. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. What yeah. Let's hear it, Luke. What Which one are you so excited about? Okay, this isn't even the one I'm most excited about, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think Phil Foden to Newcastle United. Would Love be it. You already got me sold. A you know, blast, right? That would be awesome. Imagine Foden playing on the left wing 
or he can play left or right, either one. You know, he is a genius. Imagine him and Isak, him and Wilson, um, Bruno Gimmerich. All of those players would fit his play style so well because he plays off people incredibly well. He links up play like I mean he's elite at that, mm-hmm. and he finishes so well. Um, the one issue I see with this is his transfer would be very difficult because I I, his, his release clause has to be I mean over eighty ninety million pounds, so it would be very difficult. You know, do you know and, how old Phil Foden is now, Luke? 21, 22? He's 23. Oh. He's getting older, man. He's, yeah, he's got to... Uh, so the reason why I thought about Foden is initially, I feel like at City, he's kind of lost his place in the starting 11. And with someone that good, they want to be playing week in, week out. At almost any other team, he would be playing week in, week out. So that move could be really good for him. I don't know. It's something. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I was just trying to Google what his release clause is, and I don't think that's public information, but... I, I can imagine that Man City put in a rather large release clause to make sure people didn't take him away. So, yeah, I, then, I honestly I love the shot of that, but it's probably it would never happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and speaking of transfers that would never happen, I want to move on to my second one. Okay, go for it. I think. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just can't help it. <laughs> no, honestly, what I'm trying to say, I think Harry Kane to Arsenal would be oh. such a fun move. And think about Harry Kane as the villain, the absolute Tottenham legend that betrays North London and goes to their bitter rival Arsenal. Dude, honestly, the narrative would be insane. Yeah, no, it would be absolutely stupid and Spurs would never do it. Like, okay, let's play this hypothetical situation. We'll stay in this bubble for a minute. If he goes to Arsenal, like it's that that is just absurdity right there in itself. But okay, and but look, think of it they from would, a no, fit they would perspective. Be, yeah, no, they would be so good. That's what I'm saying. Like they'd be stupid good. Yeah, you know they are dr- at that point. They are directly competing with City. I, they might even be the odds-on favorite at that point. Uh, probably not. I don't know. I, say I, they would, make, I would have to disagree okay, with you. On say that. okay. Say Arsenal were to sign Harry Kane. They need depth. And then Declan Rice, and that then, would put them in prime position to at least be equal on odds with City, I think. So what? So what we have to caveat that is, Luke, for Arsenal fans out there, they would also have to add center back and probably left back depth because Tyranny is probably gone. They they have to add depth because it was we saw what happened in the, the year. They just couldn't stop giving up goals to even bad teams. So like they have to solidify. That center back position. Yeah. No, I agree. Especially if they're going to be playing in Champions League and you know injuries are going to happen. You need squad rotation. So they they have to take care of that. But, 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 but. But Think of the fit. In the bubble. In the bubble. Okay, we're back in the bubble. The narrative, just every aspect of that transfer just has me so, so excited. It would be incredible to see Harry Kane in the red and white of Arsenal playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Oh, God. I just, that might be the most fun makeup transfer I've ever heard of. You think that's the most fun? I don't know. It's one of the, it's one of the ones out there for me personally, but, you know, um, okay. You know, like we've, 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 um, I got one for you. Yeah, let's hear it. 
Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic to Brighton. Ooh, okay. I like that. Dude, let's just imagine our baby eagles cooking into Serbi's system. Dude, that I I think that would be so beneficial for both those players to be in a free-flowing system where they can just ball out and be themselves. And think about Pulisic, the way he played in the World Cup, right? His progressive actions from dribbling and passing were insanely high. Mm-hmm. If he's in a system like Brighton where they create semi... Um, Honestly, they just create semi-transitions as much as possible. Yeah, semi-transitions. That's, but that's where he's... Okay, what I was looking for is artif- artificially semi artificially created semi-transitions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those situations are where he thrives. That space to run into with a defender backpedaling is where he is the best. And yeah. br- think about how many times that happened for Marsh, Matoma, McAllister, all those players. I mean, <laughs> Pulisic would absolutely thrive in that. He would. It would be awesome. And then you throw in a young Gio Reyna that honestly is just hungry and wants minutes and to prove that he is this upcoming world talent that honestly was kind of wrote off after the World Cup, after everything that's happened with his family. He's got stuff to prove. And in this system, man, he can just cook. Cook and cook and cook to his heart's desire. What most excites me about that transfer shout is seeing how they would be in a system under a manager that prioritizes the growth of his players. Yes. You know, you look and see, I mean, we, we saw the way in which Marsh improved his game to be more offensive, but there's Matoma, but look at someone like Buenonate who comes on and plays well, even though he's a young 18 year old. And I mean, you can't even forget in CISO, his talent just screams out to you immediately. And he didn't even play until like the last, what, like three-fourths yeah. of the and season. I, I almost guarantee that, you know, Deserby was one of the main reasons why he was able to be on the pitch at such a young, young age. Yeah. Right? So I love that shout. I think any American that ended up at Brighton, I would be a huge fan of, regardless too, of man. who it is. Me too. I'm, I'm all in. I'm ready to pack my bags and move. You're moving to the South Coast? Not yet, but if it happens, man, it would be difficult not to. All right. I think I have a couple more listed here, but I'm just going to list one more that I think is really interesting. Yeah, we're going a little long on this one. I have I have one more interesting shout, too. So you do one, and I'll do one, and we can probably just okay. go from so there. This one has actually been rumored to possibly happen, but it's one that I think would be really exciting from an FPL perspective. And the player I'm thinking of is Neymar. Damn it, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I think Ugh. he'd be really fun at Chelsea under Pochettino. Oh, I don't I don't like it. I think Man United would also be interesting as well. But Neymar to Chelsea with that link-up play between Nkuku playing with Chilwell on the left to overlapping over top of him would give him a lot of space. And it would honestly be really cool to see if Neymar can cut it in the Premier League. It's rather late in his career, so it's not prime Neymar. You know, you're... You're not getting the player that, you know, earned the reputation and name that he currently has, I don't think, personally. No, but it would be getting, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I really mean, would you're like not it. getting DeSantis, Neymar. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it, Chelsea's an okay shout, but I, th- I personally think Newcastle would be a little bit better of a fit for him. And that's the one that's really been heavily linked. Yeah, that I've one, seen a lot I, of smoke there. That one makes sense to me, too, because... Honestly, it kind of fits with the what the board wants there. 
And then right. Chelsea, if you look at Chelsea, I mean, why why would they spend money on another winger when you just went and spent money on Mudrik? Unless unless they're completely out on him and they want to get rid of him. But I mean, that makes mm-hmm. that would be such a waste of money. And you have to at least give him another year. Yeah, like no, you you, you have to for the amount of money you spent on him. So I think Chelsea splashing money on Neymar would just be ludicrous. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? But it From feels the like they, though, they re- live in the realm of ludicrous. So I would not be shocked to see it happen. From an FPL perspective, it would be very interesting. Yeah. He would be vastly overpriced, but he may turn into a good asset nevertheless. Yeah. Who knows, dude? Um, so I have one more that actually really excites me. All right. Let's hear it. Jude Bellingham to Liverpool. Ooh, okay. And explain why you think that would be such a good FPL so asset. In context of this, I'm not saying exactly that Jude Bellingham would be the FPL asset to own, but I think that he would unlock that Liverpool team to the extent that, I mean, like, like Trent would get more assists because of stuff Jude would do. Like, there's so many more things Trent could do going forward because Jude can carry back and cover for him extremely well. He can do everything, and he can go forward. Like, Salah's going to score more goals. I think Gakbo would get more goals. Like, I think you could see their, like, Basically, the tide would raise all ships on that team. Yeah, I agree. Like, the overall quality of that team improves so much. And that's not discrediting the young midfielders they have that are growing and getting better, like Curtis Jones and um, Harvey Elliott. But Jude Bellingham is just different gravy, you know, Luke? <laughs> yes, he is. He is. <laughs> yes, he's he something is. special. And in that team, he would, man, under Klopp, too. Like, I think he fits, like, the managing style that Klopp has. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really think he does. Um, and he, he, as as an entity himself, I think Jude actually eventually, maybe not his first year in the Prem, but like hopefully he goes to the Prem. I don't want to see him at Real. That would be sad. But after a year or two, he may be actually himself a viable FPL asset. He's shown an ability to score goals at, at Dortmund. Oh, and he so. would be getting forward, I think. And Trent would be playing more of the deep-lying midfield, inverted fullback midfielder. Which would be very interesting to watch. It would be it would be fun to see their partnership develop, mm-hmm. see how he grows in the Premier League. I don't think we're going to get that. It seems like he's going to Real. Everything seems we'll to see. be lining up. We'll see, you never know in football, man. It's it's crazy. Uh, so okay, I want to make one more quick shout that I thought about with your shout of Liverpool. Okay, go ahead. Think about Andrew Robertson on Newcastle. I think that could be a lot of fun. It would definitely skew the chances of I don't know those clean sheet odds because Dan Byrne, you know, Trippier just pushes up, Byrne drops deep, and they basically play a back three. But I think Robertson pushing up that left wing with say Phil Foden playing on the, yeah. at the top would be so much fun to watch play, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that's interesting that's FPL asset to have there. Yeah, for um, we always love those fullbacks that attack, so you know. Inverting him to Newcastle, that that could be fun, you know. I, like I agree. Um, but, yeah, I think, Paul, that's probably going to bring us to the end of the pod here. Yeah. I Do think, you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I just want to thank everybody for listening. It's, um, I think for both of us, it's been a year of learning, a year of um, kind of figuring stuff out from an FPL perspective. And obviously there's some times where, I mean, we get on the pod and I'm tired after a day of work or – Luke's had a bad day. Wes just like ate his shoe and he's dealing with that. But I mean, I think this is like something that has brought a lot of joy into both of our lives in a way to really um, connect with other people in a way we haven't before through a podcast medium. And it's really just been 
a great experience for me. And honestly, this year was just the start, and we're just going to get better. And I think just keep putting stuff out. And, like, one of the things that I love about this is that I get to hang out with one of my favorite people, and we just get to talk about something we love. So I'm ready for next year. Who's your favorite person? I don't kidding <laughs> yeah west isn't in here where's west at i don't see him i'm completely kidding i agree i want to second your sentiment there paul it's been a lot of fun to go through this journey with you um and as you said it's just beginning we mm-hmm. have learned a lot over this season in fpl and i think we're going to hopefully improve over the next couple of seasons and you know continue that almost lifelong journey as we yeah. continue to be fpl managers and see how the game grows and changes over time it's gonna be a lot of fun and we hope you'll join us on that journey so i think this will be us signing off from season one of top fins with twins Mm -hmm. we will be back periodically throughout the summer um, and we'll kind of pick up again with a normal pace a couple weeks out from um, the fpl and premier league season starting back up in august yeah keep an eye out for the hashtag usmnt stuff because we'll be we will P- putting stuff out this summer and yeah, and as focusing on that a little bit sometimes. As we've said, you know, give us a follow on Instagram at Twitter and Twitter um, at Top Bin Twins. We, are we trying also have to a put YouTube out, channel too, right? We do, but they're the way to upload videos is quite difficult on there, so we haven't in a little while. Um, uh, we'll 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 figure it out. Yeah, maybe we'll have that one squared away for next season. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, thank you all very much for mm-hmm. you know listening. Um, and going on this journey with us. It's been a lot of fun so far. So, you know, tune back in whenever we um, put those podcasts out. But thanks, guys, for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next season. Sounds great. Bye.